Welcome to the College Essay Advisors podcast. Before we introduce ourselves, here's a little preview of what's to come. Students who don't have to contend with this issue, primarily white students, get to write about whatever they want, and they don't have to think about whether or not they need to incorporate race. They're thinking about what are the best parts of myself to display to admissions. And race absolutely can be a part of that story for students of color, but it isn't always what they want to focus on. So I think listening to your instincts and allowing yourself to lean into displaying what you would display despite this decision is probably the smartest move. Hi, my name is Stacey Brooke, and I'm the founder and chief advisor at College Essay Advisors. Hi, my name is Becca Myers, and I am director of advising at College Essay Advisors. And today we are here to talk to you about uh, the recent Supreme Court ruling on affirmative action. Um, We have a lot to say about the subject. We've been getting many, many questions um, since the decision was made, and we're here to guide you through both what the decision means and also if there's anything you should be doing as related to your college essays to account for whatever changes have happened. First, we'll give you just like an overview. I'm sure this news is not new to anybody. This has been one of the most talked about subjects of the summer, but Essentially, the Supreme Court ruled a couple months ago to overturn affirmative action. And what that really means is that um, race can now be con- can now not be considered independently as a factor um, when colleges are trying to put together their classes. So there can't be any quotas. There can't be any um, special consideration given to people of color. Um, affirmative action was first implemented as a way to try to level the playing field to account for um, just systemic inequity and um, and issues that are just embedded societally that prevent um, equal opportunity for people of color and other minoritized communities. And, uh, and now that leveling has been undone. Um, And if you couldn't tell already, we here at College Essay Advisors are not super thrilled with the decision. Um, You know, we we really love the idea of a diverse class. There are so many advantages to diversifying student bodies and to giving opportunities to those who don't have the same privileges as the people who are more typically historically getting into colleges in in bigger numbers so um you know this was definitely a blow both to i think the overall community education community at large and also um you know to the students that we work with so hard to to try to help um you know secure those educational opportunities so we're here to just unpack that decision and um and help you understand what there is to do about it should i start by reading the decision language from Justice Roberts. That sounds great. Let's let's talk about so our interpretation of this decision is that despite the disappointing nature of it that Justice Roberts either intentionally or unintentionally I have to believe that the Supreme Court justices are quite intentional in their language left something of a loophole in in his decision and back out let's read that you read that for us. Okay. Nothing prohibits universities from considering an applicant's discussion of how race affected the applicant's life 
so long as that discussion is concretely tied to a quality of character or unique ability that the particular applicant can contribute to the university. It helps to think about that language of nothing prohibits universities from considering an applicant's discussion of how race affected, et cetera, et cetera, as like a nod to the essay. Yes. Um, this is so, okay, you can't, if you check off that you are black on the application, admissions can't consider that and let that be an edge for you um, in terms of how your application is considered. However, you can write about racial inequity and how that has impacted you in the college essay. Now, of course, they make it as hard as humanly possible for you to do this and have it legally acceptable in terms of its um, its ability to be considered by admissions. It has to be highly specific to you. It has to also indicate how um, experiences that you've specifically had will help you contribute to a college environment. And Becca, you um, I know how to point about how personal experience with racism does not equate to an explanation of or accounting for centuries of systemic racism. It's not the same thing. Well, and I also think that word concretely puts a lot of pressure on applicants. I know we're going to talk a little bit about how you can use this space as a student of color if you want to, but you also shouldn't feel compelled to sort of justify your experience in this space. But the word concretely, I and by this space, that- just to um, clarify, we're talking about like, should you write about this in your personal statement, for example? Yeah, the 650 word essay. So I would feel if I were an applicant of color, I would almost feel like this legal pressure to get it concrete enough. Like what happens if you don't? Like I I think there's this weird sense of, well, what is specific enough, right? What to be considered by admissions. Yeah. In a way that's in a way that's meaningful. Like when when do you when do you fall short of that bar, right? Like what if it is not specifically tied enough to a unique ability or quality of character? And then who ultimately is deciding that i mean i guess college admissions is but but also as stacy said this is a this is a loophole like if and if we when we start talking about some specific schools that added diversity supplements you'll see that they're actually really wanting students to take advantage of this space should they choose to talk about how race has affected their life i i think it's it's worth pointing out that um I don't think students need to feel any kind of pressure, let's say, to adhere to these regulations, because ultimately, if you meet all of the qualifications that Justin, Justice Roberts is laying out here, if you talk about a story that is relevant to you, that also has something to do with inequity in uh, social inequity or racial inequity, um, and you also prove how it's going to help you in a college environment, it still doesn't have the same impact as someone giving you a boost or you um, moving up in the ranks because we don't have enough black people studying in our higher education systems. Like the, I think the idea here is that if you have something that you want to communicate to admissions about how your life has been impacted by your minority status, that there is a place for you to do that. But the impact of those things is never going to be the same. So 
I don't think students should be, and it's part of the reason that I'm not necessarily recommending to students that they should use, especially their main 650 word personal statement space to try to make up for the, the, the decision that was just made to undo affirmative action. I don't necessarily think that students of color need to talk about race in order to have an advantage and, uh, and thus be admitted. Um, so I think it just, this is one of the many things that is very complicated, um, you know, for minority students to consider because it just kind of used to be, or for a while, it was a given that that was going to be part of what was considered by admissions and now what is not. And at the same time, um, pretty much every minority student I know has just fought a harder fight to get where they are. Or if they didn't personally, then historically, generations of family members have had to work harder <laughs> and worked with less in order to get the same opportunities that white people have. And that's just a reality. Um, so again, it's hard to make up for that. But also, I think, you know, some students do have stories they want to tell about the backgrounds they came from, and those will impact admissions, and I think will be impressive for admissions to understand. Um but it's, you know, it's not the same just in terms of the impact that it's going to have on on the application. Would you encourage a student, a student of color who is applying to schools without a lot of supplements to take advantage of this space more than you would, let's say, someone applying to Sarah Lawrence where you know that there's a supplement that actually directly quotes Roberts's decision language? Like, does that, is that a factor for you? Like, I definitely Excellent understand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, so- one of the things Becca mentioned is that in a heartening display of solidarity, I think, um, tons of colleges this year revamped their supplements to include some kind of diversity inclusion question, usually around like 300 words, um, to help students kind of articulate their uh, their thoughts about where they come from. Um, Sarah Roberts is Becca just mentioned, literally quotes Justice Roberts um, and asks how students feel about the decision and how they feel it will impact their lives. So there are spaces, some of them optional for students to address this. What you're asking, Becca, is if those spaces exist at the school students want to go to, should they be using the personal statement space to talk about race, et cetera? And the answer is it really depends on the student. For me, I've had, I've worked with a couple of students this year whose stories the stories they were dying to tell admissions were naturally embedded in um, a background of um, racial struggle, um, discrimination, um, the desire to work for greater visibility for people of color. And that is reflected in the things that they've done extracurricularly in the, in the way they live their lives. So it naturally wove into their stories and their personal statement stories, the big stories that they wanted to tell in a way that totally made sense. So for those students, I think including race in the personal statement is is a given. It's a no-brainer. But I wouldn't ask a student of color to try to shoehorn that information into their personal statement if it doesn't come naturally to them. One, partially because they have other opportunities potentially to write about race. There's also 
an additional information section we almost never use in the common app, a 650 word space, where if you really feel strongly about writing about your background, and I really haven't even discussed this with many students because there are so many opportunities to write about it elsewhere, but that you could potentially write about that if you felt strongly enough. Um, but I think the things that you need to write about in your personal statement are the things that we've talked about, the things that light you up, not the things that bring you down. Like uh, students who don't have to contend with this issue, primarily white students, get to write about whatever they want. And they don't have to think about whether or not they need to incorporate race. They're thinking about what are the best parts of myself to display to admissions. And race absolutely can be a part of that story for students of color, but it isn't always what they want to focus on. So I think listening to your instincts and allowing yourself to lean into displaying what you would display despite this decision is probably the smartest move. Right. Because if you're a student of color who naturally wants to take a more lighthearted tone in their personal statement because they consider themselves to be that's just their writing style to feel the responsibility to talk about systemic racism would be a real downer if that's not your natural tendency. I think the way I'm operating with students right now is I'm not changing anything in terms of that initial brainstorming and digging to, to, to echo what Stacy said, to find the things that, that light them up. And then if, if they are a student of color to, to maybe look at some of the supplements they'll have, and then to maybe just ask, is this a space, is that worthwhile for you to use the space? Are you interested in that? But to start the initial digging by just finding the most compelling story, I will say I've had a couple parents this season or in the summer ask me, have some hesitancy or nervousness about using the space to write about race. The and, personal and statement space. The per Sorry, the personal statement. Yes, exactly. The personal statement space. And I have assured them that, as you can tell from Roberts's language here, that you can use that space. And, and the reason I was kind of nitpicking the language is because I think it's ridiculous to try to figure out like what is concrete and what's not. Like basically this ruling is saying you can write about it because you can't legalize how concretely something is tied to a quality of character or unique ability, right? Like if, it, if it's not about, well, you had one less detail here. So if you feel- Also, this is about this is about good storytelling always, exactly. every time. If you want to write about what it's like growing up biracial in the US, then then write about that. That's your story. If that, if, if that experience is really integral to who you are, and don't hesitate. Don't be afraid of it. I mean, the other thing is, is I, I would argue that most of the stories that my students have written that involve race overtly, at least the few that I'm thinking about this year, aren't, I mean, of course there are elements. If there's um, discrimination, there are elements that are, that are difficult to write about and difficult to think about. But overall, the stories are actually pretty in inspiring and uplifting. Um like yes, depressing in that we are still very much in uh in a in a world where there is bigotry and discrimination and that we're fighting over things like whether or not affirmative action is is a worthy policy is, you know, directly tied to that. But um but I think that if you feel compelled to write a story that centers around that part of your identity, that it does not have to it does not have to feel like a downer, but, um, and, and in fact, I think that in lots of these cases, this is the thing that lights people up is like bringing recognition to 
women of color, for example, or whatever else, um, you know, someone might choose to write about in that regard. But that isn't always the way students are thinking about things. So, you know, if a student would rather write about like cosplaying at Comic-Con and like what it's like to get into their Ursula gear, um, I'm like totally down to hear about that instead of someone writing a diatribe on uh, or or an essay about the complexity of, you know, being a Black person in America if that's not what they feel compelled to do. Also, a story that tries to account for systemic racism and the many inequities that exist is it's hard to make that a personal story. It's a story that involves so many people, so many years of history. It's like that's a thesis statement, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, so again, I, I don't think that's what the personal statement is supposed to be. And that, in my mind, would be what would equate to what was taken away just in terms of what's being recognized here. Um, but luckily a lot of these schools did open up the opportunity for students to talk about things in a way that I think Justice Roberts was alluding to. Let's, let's read a couple of these prompts. Some of them are optional. A lot of them are not actually, which is interesting because it does provide a, um, kind of a a challenge for white students to examine themselves and think about diversity in the context of who they are and what that means to them. And while, uh, while it is true that students of color typically have to work twice as hard to get half as far um, as white students in the education system, I think this one is, and look, students of color shouldn't have to prove their value or um, or account for systemic issues in this way. But I do think white people have a little bit of a challenge ahead of them in terms of how to answer these questions in thoughtful and meaningful ways. Hi, podcast listeners. It's Stacy. I just wanted to pop in and let you know that we here at CEA are doing free student resume reviews for the first 20 podcast listeners that sign up for a college essay assessment with us before December 23rd, 2023. So if this is something you might be interested in, get in touch with us at collegeessayadvisors.com. Uh, you can give us a call at 347-927-9232. And again, if you have an essay that you're unsure of, that you want a second opinion on, um, sign up for an assessment and we will look at your resume as a, a complimentary service. Excited to see what you've come up with. Bye. So here are a few examples of the prompts from the new admission cycle that we believe are, are, I mean, Sarah Lawrence for sure, but we believe are directly tied to this decision-making and and college's desire to give students of color a space to talk about themselves in a way that they might not have had before. So I'll read the Sarah Lawrence supplement and the prompt. And it's, it's 250 to 500 words, which gives you quite the range. In the syllabus of a 2023 majority decision of the Supreme Court written by Chief Justice John Roberts, the author notes, quote, nothing prohibits universities from considering an applicant's discussion of how race affected the applicant's life, so long as that discussion is concretely tied to a quality of character or unique ability that the particular applicant can contribute to the university, end quote. Drawing upon examples from your life, a quality of your character, and or a unique ability you possess. Describe how you believe your goals for a college education might be impacted, influenced, or affected by the court's decision. So there's a lot of 
there's a lot here and there's a lot of and or action going on, right? So you can either be impacted, influenced or affected. There's, it's a lot to unpack. Completely. And this is just, I think, direct proof that the colleges are, they, they feel for the students who, who were impacted by this and they want you to be able to express your frustration. So that one's pretty straightforward. So UVA says, in around 250 words, please answer the following question. What about your individual background, perspective, or experience will serve as a source of strength for you or others around you at UVA? There's that nod to how will this impact your time here. Uh, feel free to write about any past experience or part of your background that has shaped your perspective and will be a source of strength, including but not limited to those related to your community, upbringing, educational environment, race, gender, or other aspects of your background that are important to you. It is giving it all to you. It is restructuring the Justice Roberts decision language so that explicitly you understand what it means. It's literally asking you for every part. Um, So if this, uh, if, if you have experience or experiences that have informed your view of the world and those have to do with gender those have to do with race those have to do with your cultural background you can totally write about that here and i recommend you do because it's a required (laughs) prompt for uva (laughs) um just one more baby one um becky you want to read the dartmouth one sure so this is uh yeah okay dartmouth It's not easy being green was the frequent refrain of Kermit the Frog. How has difference been a part of your life and how have you embraced it as part of your identity and outlook? So a more, a more open open and and creative, almost encouraging a little more playfulness. I mean, still very much like not acknowledging the Roberts ruling, but opening with the Kermit the Frog is is allowing is allowing a little bit more um, interpretation, I think. Um, so this is an one of many options for Dartmouth. So you don't have to answer this. It is much broader and is a twist on a question they've asked before um, with a Robertsian ending. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> some, <laughs> some, uh, a little allusion to um, maybe you want to talk about this here. So I think overall. The decision was disappointing. It will impact admissions. I'm, I think everyone here at CEA, and I'm sure all people who are applying this year are interested to see what impact this will actually have on the numbers. And until we see what admissions is like this year, we really won't know the full scale of the impact. But, um, but in good news, I do think the colleges are are on the sides of of diversity and inclusion. At least they seem to be. We'll talk about yeah. legacy in a separate in a separate podcast. Um, but I, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that students will be able to use the essay spaces to their benefit. It's really, you know, we say the essay is one of the only places you still have control over at this point in the, in the process, you know, summer into the fall. Um, and again, this is, you know, one of the only spaces that students have to address these, you know, truly critical issues that relate to their future, um, and their past. So hopefully this helped to shed some light on things. This is an ongoing conversation. I'm sure this is not the last you're going to hear from us about this. Um, But we hope to be able to provide as many resources and as much insight as we possibly can 
to make sure all students get a fair shake at admissions because we all deserve to have the educations we desire and um and we all deserve to be able to express ourselves and speak our truth and and have that impact our futures that's our episode for today thank you so much for listening or watching if you like our content please like and subscribe to follow us for more happy writing